friend have you read all the books blogs podcasts instagram posts etc you think you know how to be a good mom but you feel like you're hopelessly flawed and can't do all those things do you feel like you're drowning in motherhood and at best you can tread water sometimes but you're just not getting anywhere you're still stuck in all the same ruts. Your kids are out of control, your house is a mess, and you can't find any motivation to change any of it. You just feel terrible all the time, stressed out, burned out, and over it. Well, I have great news for you. You have come to the right place. I've got you. I'm Emily Wardrop from Drop the Word Life Coaching, an advanced certified life coach, and I want to let you in on one little simple secret that can change everything for you. You want to know how to be a good mom? I'm going to tell you the secret. Are you still listening? The secret is you already are. Join me on this journey to believe you are a good mom. Here we go. Hello, it's Emily Wardrop again. Welcome back to Believe You Are a Good Mom. And guess what? I have my first male guest today. I have another one coming up soon too. Spoiler alert. But Caleb is so fun because he is a life coach, as most of my guests are. Um, And he's male and he's younger than a lot of the life coaches. So that's fun. I feel like I'm younger because my kids are younger, but I'm not actually younger. But I like my young kids keep me young <laughs> as long as you feel young that's what that's matters right. actually i feel old <laughs> but <laughs> but i i feel like i've talked to peers and then they're like yeah i'm a grandma i'm like well, what <laughs> like their grandkids <laughs> are my kids age and i thought we were the same age so anyway it's all what ifs so caleb coaches college students young adults stuff like that but all what's fun not but and <laughs> what's fun about caleb is i will let him talk eventually a little bit, but (laughs) I'm going to tell you all my thoughts about Caleb first. In fact, hold on. Let me start over. The very first time I heard of Caleb, he was on Jody Moore's podcast, better than happy. Mm -hmm. If you haven't tapped in, where have you been? Go check it out. And, um, and I think that was the first time I heard from you. And then he and I are both in Jody's Moore's business coaching group. And so I saw him get coached in there maybe I saw you get coached in there first and then heard you on the podcast. And so I knew who you were. I was like, Ooh, I've seen him be coached. And then he sat by me on an airplane on the way home. For, well, I said, I don't know. We were assigned seats, yeah. right? <laughs> who knows who was there first. <laughs> um, on the way home from the life coach school mastermind in Austin last April, was it in April? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Whoa, I'm totally sitting by this celeb. If you've been on the better than happy podcast, you're a total celebrity. I was like, Whoa, I know who you are. This is cool. Except we had to like have masks on and stuff. So I didn't even know what you look like, but cause it only hurt. Oh, I guess I, anyway. Okay. So that's when Caleb and I became friends was on the airplane. He coached me <laughs> into going back home to the fam after having a mommycation. You always need a little coaching before you get. Oh home. yeah. All the things. Okay. I feel like there was another random personal thing I was going to say about Caleb, but I can't remember now. So let's get into it. Uh, in fact, let me let you talk for a minute. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Oh, Thanks for the wonderful intro. <laughs> no, I really appreciate that intro because I, I like it when they're personal because, yeah, I mean, uh, I like how people think I was a celebrity just because mm-hmm. <laughs> they were like, oh, he's like a guy and he's like 25, which is like, in terms of the life coaching world and also in the world of parents uh is very very much a 
minority considering I'm not a parent and <laughs> any of that. Um, but I'm very passionate um, about not just parenting, but just coaching and um, all sorts of things. So I got involved in all of this um, thanks to my mom. She's a wonderful life coach. Her name is April Price, and she's kind of the one who introduced me to this world um, when I came home from um, serving a an LDS mission and she had her life basically changed from it. And I was like, Oh, that's really awesome. And, and I'll talk about that later. But for me in my journey, I was kind of just like, cool, mom, I'm going to go live my life now. <laughs> and then, um, and then I, I mean, I've just, you know, dealt with anxiety, dealt with, um, emotions and stuff finally reached this breaking point where I was like, okay, life coach is needed. And my world was changed forever that day. And so, I just decided I wanted to be the guy to first off stand out and be the kind of person that's like, oh yeah, life coaching's for everybody. Like mm -hmm. it's for college people, it's for people that are young adults, for people just starting out of life. Like there's no stage that it's you're exempt from, you know, needing help with what's going on in your mind, what's going on with your heart, and also just like wanting to love your life. Like it's totally natural, normal to be kind of get stuck in these ruts or just like realize that there's more out there. So that's why I decided to be a life coach, be this resource. And so, yes, we met on the plane, um, that wonderful day. I do. I loved that meeting. It was a lot of fun because you were just super excited. And like, it was cool for me. Cause I was like, Oh, I can like kind of be a coach and <laughs> like <laughs> like I've never done this like with real people well, I have obviously since I got certified but it was just it was just really cool and yeah. um cool to meet like-minded people yeah for sure way fun okay so let's talk more about your mom being a coach because this is where I want to go with our fun chat today okay yeah. so obviously I coach moms of young kids and like you just said, everyone at every stage needs to be coached. When you said that, I was thinking, yeah, I coach my little kids all the time. <laughs> yeah. And not in like, um, so, cause often I hear coaches tell parents like use the tools on yourself and model it. And then that will help them, you know, because as soon as we find this work, we're like, how do I teach my kids? <laughs> you know? And like, cause we just want our kids to behave or how do I teach my husband? How do I teach my friends? Like everybody needs to know this because we want them to behave like we yeah. want to help our kids behave so that we can feel better. And that's usually actually why we want to teach our kids. But legitly, like the tools that we've learned as life coaches is like managing emotions and and knowing where our emotions even come from. And that is helpful for a child, no matter how old they are. And so I do. I do coach my kids. <laughs> and and one of the first rules we learn when we're certified as a life coach is to not coach people against their will, <laughs> you know? And so I kind of break that rule sometimes, but I call it parenting, you know? And so yeah. there is like emotion coaching is like a thing they teach in like parenting circles, you know? And, but just to really like help people understand how to process their emotions. I was just talking to a teen coach the other day and so yeah, I was coached pretty much. She was coaching me on the interview <laughs> and you'll probably start doing that too. <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> so anyway, she was just talking about how once they're teens, like if they haven't learned how to regulate their emotions, then, you know, then they just go to the coping mechanisms. Cause that's what we do as parents of kids too. We're like, Oh, you're sad. Here's some ice cream. And so, of course, why do we think that we go to ice cream when we're sad? Because we always have, right? Or like, oh, stop crying, you know, and like hold it. They like they learn how to hold it in because it's bugging their mom. I'm 
like 100% guilty of this. I'm like, I literally just did it when I hit pause. I'm like, stop pitching a fit. I'm doing an interview right now. You know, it's like, <laughs> go stuff your emotions so that you're not bugging me. Like, that's what we do. And that's what we teach them. And so then they have no idea how to handle their emotions. And so they turn to like, you know, social media for that dopamine hit or food or drugs or whatever they got to do to deal with the anxiety and all the feelings. So literally the earlier we can teach our kids these tools, the better is all I'm saying in that long winded blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. So what were we talking about that your mom's a coach? Let's talk more about that. Yeah. So, um, I mean, kind of going along what you said, like, I mean, I think that's every child kind of goes through, that kind of experience, because I think, I mean, just looking now being older is that it's easy for a parent to not want to face the discomfort of like, you know, the explaining either the truth to a child or like dealing with a situation that is also uncomfortable when it comes to them interrupting or them wanting something because children are learning. And so in that learning experience, it's also an opportunity for the parent to recognize, oh, I also have emotions. And <laughs> so maybe I need to manage these things or recognize that it's okay when they go up and down. Um, and I think my mom um, is a great example of someone who fantastic, amazing, like one of the best moms out there yet. She, I could tell early on, or just, we could tell as children that like, she was really hard on herself, like just really hard on not thinking she was doing enough, even though she did a lot, like a lot, a lot. (laughs) And I think it's something we're either raised in our culture or church or just like as parents, you're raised to, you have to do a lot to be a good parent. Um, And and it just affected her. And, you know, because in terms of just, and we could just feel it or tell, or that's just the way it was presented to us because, you know, she'd either lash out and she would be angry she would cry or you know those there'd be those moments where like one of us didn't do something we were supposed to do and the reaction was you know unpleasant and that's normal you know in parenting and whatnot and and that's not to say anyone's a bad parent for doing those things because you're not but it was just I mean we I couldn't tell this kind of difference until after life coaching happened and there was this shift there's a shift in my mom where she was able to be herself still. You know, she's still an amazing parent, always looking out for us, always doing a lot, maybe actually even less now. But she felt better about herself. That's what I always just keep stressing is that like being able to recognize that there are certain thoughts or paradigms that we're running our life on, running our parenting, these beliefs that we feel like oh, this is the thing we have to do, or this is the way things are, or this is how we have to be a good parent, something like that, that is so noble yet. And we think we're trying to strive for something, which is in fact hurting ourselves. When she was able to let go of all that, recognize that she was exactly the person she was supposed to be, because she held herself with a lot of guilt thinking she wasn't a good mom. Mm -hmm. Just because of, you know, she would maybe yell and she's like, well, not supposed to do that. Mm -hmm. Or she would... Um, maybe there's certain consequences or she felt like she failed us because, you know, we would make terrible choices mm-hmm. and, and, and then she'd be like, that would be like the past version of herself. Whereas now she, she's so much more light, so much freer. And because of that, she became a quote unquote better mom. Mm-hmm. And I put quotes around that. Cause you know, you can't mm-hmm. be better, but mm-hmm. I, we all saw that 
her being a parent was so much, I guess, more full and enjoyable as well as we were able to just want to be a part of this family and also recognize that we also had responsibility in this a lot more um, when she was able to see and had this basically shift in herself. And and so I credit everything, um, not to say that, <laughs> I mean, no one's family is perfect any, by any means. And not to say my, my family was bad by any means at all. It was a wonderful experience and it still is. Um, it's just transformed immensely. And it's so hard to describe how it transformed. I mean, it's just hard to explain, but like, and so that's why I just, I look forward to parents like you guys listening and for you, Emily, like seeing what it'll be like to, as a parent, just from the very beginning, having these, um, kind of skills of managing emotions, looking at your thoughts, all of those things. Yeah, totally. Oh, I love so many things you talked about. So like that lightness, it just felt like she was lighter, like not so heavy. Yeah. Right. Cause we put so much pressure on ourselves. We're like so bogged down. And then imagine having to like change diapers and do dishes and clean up the house when you're so heavy, like, and we literally put on the pounds too. Like we're literally heavy because we're so Mm -hmm. bogged down by all this pressure that we put on ourselves unnecessarily like it's optional and it's exactly everything you were just talking about so she felt like she had to do a lot to be good and I literally just recorded a podcast this morning about this like the do versus the be like I really 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 want to believe and I want everyone to believe that we are a good mom like it's who we are it has nothing to do with what we do or don't do you don't have to do a lot to prove to yourself that you are a good mom you don't have to stop yelling to prove to yourself that you are a good mom you just are inherently as who you are and then my big rant and rave on the podcast this morning was like using the model where like being is the result like the Mm. result like it's who you are but you've always been that so it is your inherent result that you came to earth with and then we forgot that so we have all our mortal thoughts and feelings and actions but all those thoughts and feelings and actions are not who we are they're just our thoughts and feelings and actions it's like that's something else anyway so she couldn't do enough to prove it to herself. She had to work on that relationship with herself. And you said when she felt better about herself, then she was a quote unquote better mom. And so it's just a jiggy game. We have to play in our head that like when we believe that we are, then we actually become who we've always been, but we weren't living into that because we were so bogged down with beating ourselves up. Right. Cause we're telling ourselves a story of who we should be or we, who we think we are, but we're not really, mm-hmm. and all these thoughts get in the way of our becoming. And so we kind of, we just cloud who we really are genuinely, which is you're right. Good parents. But like, if we spend so much time focused on what we're not doing right, or what we're, we're so encompassed by our mistakes, or even just like, maybe we have changed so to speak, but our past, we're just like so held up on this and we already doomed our children because we did Mm -hmm. this one thing wrong or we, you know, raised them this one thing right or we gave them too much TV. I don't know. You could think of a million Uh things. And we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Your your brain's going to say you did all these things wrong Mm -hmm. and you're, and it's this, I mean, it sometimes seems like never ending, but, and that's where um, I love what you're saying is just tapping into yourself and recognizing and accepting that even if all that was true, like nothing can circumvent around the idea that you inherently are good. Mm-hmm. 
and that you as a parent are exactly, I mean, that's the thought that changed my mom's life is that she was exactly the parent she was supposed to be for us. Yeah. Like no matter how we turned out. Yeah. She's yeah, like that. We yeah, for sure. Exactly it. Yeah. And we for sure can't judge whether we're a good or bad mom according to how the kids turn out. No. Like we for sure I mean, just have to drop the war on that terrible thought. Terrible yeah. Drop the thought. war for sure on that. Drop the war on all like, yeah, like any of like, yeah, because you have no control over that. Obviously, and it's fascinating because once you drop the control on that, then you actually gain power and you actually gain get the thing that you want with your family, which is just you want a loving, you know, you want to create an environment, you know, that's good for your family. And that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And the best way to do that is just to love people. And the way to love your kids is to stop judging them. The way to love yourself is to stop judging yourself. Like we're literally putting a grade on ourselves. Like good mom means we got an A, which means we're judging ourselves. Like just drop all of that and just know like I am good. I don't have to like, like I'm not taking a test here. If my kids are on screens and I failed, if they're yelling at each other, then I failed. If there's the house is a mess, then I felt like that's not, that's just like, let's just not think about it that way. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> who grades that test? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, who makes this test that we're all yeah, talking about? And when about? we're so hard on ourselves, we're so hard on our kids and we just want to love them. And so we're like trying, like, I want to be a loving parent. Like, I love this kid to death. Why am I so annoyed at him all the time? Because I'm so full of shoulds. Like, he shouldn't be doing that. He shouldn't be doing that. He should be doing this. And it's because we're shooting ourselves all day too. So if we can just drop the should and just accept what is... Like, yes, I am uncomfortable when my kids are pitching a fit and I want them to just stop. Like that is who I am right now. Like yeah. it just is. And it's all good. Um, That wasn't at all what I was going to say when you were talking. Hold on, keep talking and I'll get it back. Oh yeah. I was just going to add like kind of to follow up on your point, like you are like in a way your first child. And I think if you can think about yourself in that way, then you'll be like, oh, that's how I'm supposed to treat myself. Mm. Like how you treat yourself is a reflection entirely of how you treat your kids yeah. and vice versa. Husband. It's just like, that's how it works. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, it, it's fascinating cause we're with us all the time yet. We're never like cognizant of ourselves. We look at ourselves in the mirror. And we're like, Oh my gosh, you're here. <laughs> like, <laughs> ah, I forgot. Cause you're so involved in other people's lives. Makes perfect sense. And so our brain is like, oh, everything we're dealing with ourselves, well, let's just put it on everybody else because you're not giving yourself any time of day. And so I, I don't know. I just like to rethink. It, it can be helpful to think that you are ultimately like the first child. Mm -hmm. And if you only have one child, even if you have no children, like, I mean, you are parenting yourself. Yeah. Your brain is a toddler, parenting yourself. Therefore, how you want to treat your kids, that ideal standard you're looking for first off there is no ideal mm -hmm. second off if you want to be a good parent start with yourself yeah yeah totally and I remembered what I was thinking earlier was this example that I was talking to a mom the other day and she was like I came down the stairs and my one kid was on a video game and I was like oh I'm such a terrible mom why is my kid on video games and then she looked at her other son and he was reading a book and she was like oh I'm such a good mom my kid is reading a book and then she was like wait <laughs> Like I'm the same mom for both of these kids. They have their agency. Like one kid just wanted to play video games and one kid wanted to read a book. Why are we making that mean something about us? Like, yeah, it doesn't mean anything about us. It just means 
that they have agency and we can try and try and try and try and try to control them. And we only want to control them because we're making it mean something about us. And so if we can drop that connection and just be like, yeah, they have agency. I'm going to teach them what I think is best for their brains to limit their screen time. But like, and as a parent, what kind of can, you know, controls <laughs> can I put in? Cause like literally we unplug the internet sometimes. <laughs> like there is, yeah you know, ways that you can be quote unquote, the parent you want to be, which podcast this morning, do the parent you want to do actually is what we mean by that usually. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, their agency, that's a whole nother thing, but point is let's drop that idea, right? That how the kids turn out determines whether we're a good or bad because oh, yeah. we can hang on to that forever because they're going to be making choices their whole lives that we may or may not agree with. Right. And and so are we. And God is looking down on us as a perfect parent, letting us make choices. So let's follow his example there. Totally. I mean, I think it's just, it's, I mean, that's another thing that really came from my mom's coaching experience is that I think she held a lot of guilt in that, like, um, one of my siblings, like they just never had a good relationship or it just felt like she was never going to get it right <laughs> with this person. And that like, and I think a lot of parents, she especially, um, like my mom, they could compare themselves. They're like, okay, I, this relationship with this child is all good, but what happened here? Like, what am I doing wrong? Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to think like, clearly it must be something with me. Whereas when we're stuck in that kind of thinking, then we're not actually thinking about what can we be doing to help first off the relationship and recognize, like you're saying, relationships are a two-way street. Like, everything you're thinking about the relationship is what matters. And then therefore that reflection is going to help the other person be able to reciprocate things. So my mom really, the thought that changed her life with that is like, like, yep, she's exactly the way she's supposed to be. Like I am not supposed to fix her sadness mm -hmm. or her anger or when she is like upset with me or when she wants to yell at me. Yep. Yep. That's supposed to happen. Like, yeah, she's allowed to be angry. Like, obviously, like, you know, I can limit consequences as your parent, you know, you have a little bit more control of the situation because it's your rules. You get to decide how you're raising this person. So like there is that. Um, but everyone has agency when it comes to their emotions. Like you can <laughs> controlling another human being's emotions is got to be like the greatest uphill battle that you'll never yeah. win. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. like the biggest tug of war where you're like, you feel like you have so much control, like you're doing everything for this person. And I think that was it is that she just felt like she was doing so much. And this per and, you know, one of my siblings was still ungrateful or just still like, you know, not in not feeling it. She's mm -hmm. like, yeah, not respectful or, you know, you could do a whole bunch of things with it. Whereas all that was coming from the fact that the sibling had a lot going on with herself. Yeah like in her head and 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 so she was suffering she was hurting on the inside and that's all it came down to and so that kind of you know it's just a simple misunderstanding mm -hmm. that like you know when our children lash out at us or you know are trying to you know are upset feeling these emotions it's simply just a reflection on themselves not on you as a parent first off and second off it's always best to kind of just let them be themselves and, and i mean we can get into that but that was also the secret for my mom is that it was letting herself be herself 
and go after the things that she wanted in her life that made the rest of her family like happy, (laughs) so to speak. Yeah. So let's talk more about that because that's like mind bending for a lot of moms because we kind of put our lives on hold. We're like, I was a person and now I'm a mom. (laughs) And it's like, oh, wait, 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 you're still a person also and you're a mom but you still matter. Like you were saying, like you're your first child. We can't like neglect that child. And, um, and actually side note, I have the opposite problem lately that I'm working on. (laughs) It's not really a problem, but this is the thing that I'm thinking a lot about is I'm so all up in my own business, (laughs) like because of all this coaching, like I'm always very aware of what my thoughts are, what my feelings are. And I'm like trying to deal with all that, that like, I don't even like almost even care what they're feeling or thinking or whatever. It's like, so my shift is I'm like trying to care about them more, you know, Mm -hmm. and just like what you're saying, because it, it is an uphill battle because we're fighting nature in our brains. So our brains are egocentric. Like that's what the way we're made. We have to take care of number one, because that's a survival mechanism, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we've actually been cultured out of that to be like, no, you need to serve, forget yourself and serve others and serve others. And you're the mom and you take care of your kids. But it's just kind of a continuum that I feel like I swing from one end to the other. So it's like, you can lose yourself completely and your kids, or I've swung all the way to the other end that I'm like, no, I have to like, like, uh, regulate myself in order to help them. And, Mm -hmm. and then I'm just so all up in my own head that I'm like, don't even care what's going on for them. I'm just like, you're bugging me, you know? And like, I'm very aware that I'm very fired up right now. And then I'm like, wait, but just like you were saying in your example, like what's going on for them though, you know, like Mm -hmm. they're quote unquote pitching a fit for some reason, you know? And even if I don't make it mean something about me, like I've detached that, they still are having a hard time for some reason. Like they're not giving me a hard time. They're having a hard time. And like, what is going on for them? And of course we do actually need to regulate ourselves in order to be able to care about that, but it's just sort of a balance. It's just a continuum. We have to try to stay in the middle of. Yeah. And Uh, I think it's something that we're always going to be kind of going back and forth with just because it is a fine balance where like, and that's not to say however you're choosing to show up is exactly the way you're supposed to. There's no shame in it. If we have a desire for something, great, let's go for it. Cause I imagine a lot of moms out there, have a desire to maybe do something with their lives like besides being a mom which is like already (laughs) it's already amazing and incredible that amount of dedication and and work that goes into that and taking care of another and raising human beings like that's amazing and if you know that was everything that'd be great but it's when you start feeling that that little like I call it like the itch, like that thing where you're like, hmm, I kind of like would like to do something, you know, like maybe you would like to, I don't know, it's, it's even just like the idea of like, you would like to spend some time with some friends and just like have a nice moment with them. Or maybe you'd like to um, see some family that you haven't seen in a while, or maybe you want to start something writing, you want to start a business, you want to start, you have this idea for something you want to serve in some kind of respect. Um, I don't know. You just have that little itch. And then oftentimes your brain's just going to come along and say, well, we can't do that. Because as a mom, I don't have time for that. Or as a mom, like I can't do that. Just so many different thoughts that can get in the way of our thinking for that. 
not to say that it's a bad thing, but recognizing that they're just thoughts. It's not the truth about you. And so what I found, I mean, just in my life is that like, you know, my mom was the best parent she could ever been, but she like everything felt better when she decided, Hey, I'm going to do this business. And we were all for it. That's the thing. Cause a lot of us think like, I think our kids are going to be like, Oh, like, what are you doing? You're changing things. And yeah, like there's, there's going to be discomfort in changing things and going after something that you desire, but we were all for it because we all knew it's what she wanted. And like, and, and at the same time, she was always in for what we wanted. If I wanted to play the violin, she was like, great, let's do it. Let's get some lessons going. If like, my sister wanted to do art. Great. Let's do it. Let's do some art. Like it, it never really questioning, you know, we don't really have time or, you know, and obviously, you know, you can go back and forth on it, but it's just like, I don't know. My, my belief about going after the thing that you desire in your life is it, like that love that you have for yourself and that care that you have for yourself. If you put effort into that, it's only going to grow and expand to affect everybody in your circle. And so that's why I'm always just a big proponent of like, yeah, go after what you want. Now on the on the side of like what you're talking about, like where we get maybe so much in our head and so much focus on ourselves, I think that's normal. Mm-hmm. I think it's normal to just have that and then simply just need to recognize that all we need to do, you know, when our brain is chattering away because the brain is really the issue in all these scenarios when it when it's chatting away is just i like to take a breath and be like okay brain like that's great i'm gonna give you some time you know my schedule for that but right now i gotta take care of some kids or right now i got to do this one thing that i told myself i was gonna do that i really want to do and i don't have time unfortunately for me to go back and forth in my head about whether i'm doing it right or not I just told myself I was going to do it. And so, I don't know. I really honestly like to schedule like my time with my brain. Like, okay, like five o'clock, like that's when my brain can come back and voice all its complaints. But before then, not allowed. I do it on dates because that's when my brain is always active the most. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a fun conversation for another time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) If I hadn't got married and made babies and then found life coaching... I definitely would have been a dating coach because I spent decades doing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I have lots of been through. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So um, a little bit of what I hear you talking about there is proactive versus reactive. And I like to talk, uh, think about parenting that way is it's like, I can proactively know that when they get home from school, like I need a block out time, like nothing on my agenda, <laughs> like that I'm trying to get done right then when they get home, they need me. They need to dump their emotions. They need to dump their backpacks. They need to like, I have two daughters that get home and they're both trying to talk to me at the same time and tell me every detail about their day versus my son who won't say anything. And so he doesn't want to say anything. And now when he was the only one in school, it was like, come on, how was your day? I'm like trying to get him to talk, you know, what was so awesome about your day? Like try all these different techniques to get him to talk. And now he doesn't have to because his sisters want to tell me everything. And so he's like, sweet, I'm just going to sneak out and go over there. But then he starts like acting out and I'm like, clearly stuff happened at school today that like he needs to process. Anyway, I just know like the routine of your day, you kind of know, like maybe your babies are getting a little tired. So they're grumpy. So, you know, that like in the rhythm of the day, like when do they need a nap? When do you need a nap? When do you need a snack? When do they need a snack? Like 
you just kind of get in a rhythm and, and do the proactive instead of the reactive. Like, why am I so angry right now? Oh, cause I haven't eaten all day. I need some protein or something, you know? And so, yeah. Okay. What else? Tell everybody where they can find you so they can get all the, it's entirely possible that they may even have older kids mm. that need some coaching, right? Yeah, no. And I love to say <laughs> my favorite thing is when parents come to me and they're like, hey, I need you to like coach my kid. And I was like, well, like maybe you want some coaching, but I will definitely take them, take you up on that opportunity because I think every kid does. Every kid needs help just talking through things, processing things. Think they, I, I don't know. Everybody has this idea of like, yeah, like I'm fine or this is how I've always done things. And then they start talking about things or even revealing things that they're ashamed of and like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. I was like, yeah, tell me about it. That's why I keep doing this as a life mm -hmm. coach. So um, you guys can find me. I'm on calebpricecoaching.com, also on Instagram at Caleb the College Coach. I also have a podcast you can look up. It's called Relatable Thoughts. It's for college kids. So basically I coach um, college students who are in the thick of it when it comes to anxiety perfectionism who really want to just figure out what they're doing with their lives and ultimately just want to feel better about themselves. Like, I mean, it's just a hard time for everybody um, around this stage. You know, everyone's like, it's the decade of, you know, decision. And I'm like, well, okay. Once we call it that, like, I think everyone just had an anxiety attack. <laughs> like, okay, wow. Way to just put pressure, but really as we all know, that pressure is coming internally. And so I help people figure that out. Yeah. Um, and I love, yeah, I love coaching people. It's the best. Well, I'm just thinking in that phase of decade of decisions, a lot of people just made decisions, including myself. I thought I was going to, according to the culture of our church, even like, and mm -hmm. just the culture of society that like, okay, I finished high school. I'm supposed to go on a mission, go to college, get married, make babies. Like that's the plan. And so a lot of people now, like the people that are kind of in this new mom phase, something that happens a lot is that they're like, wait a second, <laughs> like, where was my agency in any of this? <laughs> like, yeah. I just did what I was quote unquote supposed to do. And now I'm like stuck at home, changing diapers, doing dishes, like, and like, I, like I had a life, like I thought that I was doing, so I was in college. I had like aspirations, I had plans. And then all of a sudden I'm just like a mom and unfulfilled. And, and it's like that decade's over too bad. This is my life. Like, and so the message is like, there's not a decade of decisions. There's a whole life of decisions. You have yeah. an agency still, you can do other things between changing diapers. You can, you know, find fulfillment in changing diapers if you want, or you can, um, start a podcast during nap time. Like you can do whatever you want to do and Literally. you don't have to wait until the, the decade of retirement <laughs> or whatever. Right. The decade of empty nesting is when you start decisions again. Like there's no time. That's the decade of decisions. It's just decisions every single day. Exactly. What you want with your life. So yeah. Parent, uh, life does not end when you become a parent because yeah. society and our culture kind of teaches you that like, well, you made it. And then you're yeah. like, but like, I have my whole life out of you. are like, yeah, you do. And so, I mean, I just totally agree. Like your life does not end. There's no one way to do things. And so if you feel like you're stuck, you're unfulfilled, like recognize that this is just a mindset. This is, these are just your brain talking to you in these moments and that it eventually one will pass 
So it's, it's all temporary. But two is that recognizing that you have a choice in this matter. You always have a choice when it comes to your feelings and your thinking. Yes, we're sometimes just going to have to feel bad. And some, but that allows us to experience life and then to feel good. And that's, I mean, parenting is all about that, you know, feeling a lot of bad so you can feel a lot of good in the future. And, but I mean, my message really is just like, don't forget about yourself and all of it. Like you are there and all of it. There's no need to make you bad. Mm -hmm. That's totally unnecessary. And it's just extra pain we're putting on top of ourselves. We already got enough of it. So please (laughs) don't forget about yourself and all of it. Because I mean, that's what changed my life. And I'm the child of a life coach. And that's why it changed my life. Not because I just got coaching. I mean, yes, for me, yeah. But because for my family, it's because of her. Mm -hmm. And because she decided to go all in on herself and not beat herself up anymore just be like yep you know i'm a good mom and we're just gonna believe that mm-hmm. and have a lot of faith because that's all we that's what that's all that we can do yeah so good amen hallelujah thanks yeah. Caleb. so fun <laughs> thank you okay and um one of those podcast episodes i'm on there so oh yeah you can <laughs> you listen to listen emily to she's great <laughs> yeah again. you just can't get enough of me all right <laughs> thanks caleb bye Hey friend, thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about how you can believe that you are a good mom, head over to dropthewordlifecoach.com forward slash believe and you get access to my free pre-recorded masterclass that will teach you all about the hands-on exactly how to, to believe that you are a good mom. Start believing right now. Feel the peace, my friend. We got this. You got this. See you there.